Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Lyons, and on today's show, as we do every Monday, Minor League Monday, so we'll get to our prospects of the week, talk a little bit about that Sunday night baseball game and the Rockies being in prime time, though it was the first week of the NFL season, so not sure how many people were actually watching, but Nolan Jones was mic'd up. That was interesting, but we've got to get to the Cubs-Rocky series coming up, and who better to have on? First time in a while, our homie from CHGO Cubs, Mr. Ryan Herrera. I haven't laid my eyes on you since spring training. What's going on, Ryan? <laughs> Not much, man. It has been a while. It has been a while since we've hung out with each other, but it's good to be back. That's it. Winter meetings, spring training, and then once in a while, Cubs-Rockies. I will see you uh, next week uh, as I'll be there at Wrigley Field for the first time uh, in, in that press box. Is it is it tight? Do I need to know anything? What what kind of tips can you give me for uh, covering a, a, a series at Wrigley Field? Well, they have definitely upgraded the press box in the last, I don't know, decade. Whenever they start doing all the renovations, that that they improved that a little bit. Um, yeah, man, uh, it'll be it'll be nice. This it's not as big as some of the other press boxes, but there's space. You know, I, I usually have a whole table to myself, so you're welcome to hang out with me there. So we'll see. We'll, we'll get it going. It's going to be a lot of fun next week. Obviously, they they got a they got three to play in Colorado this week, so. They do. We'll, we'll talk about that. But the big news of the day in, in the world of not just the Cubs, but I think in baseball, anytime a top prospect <laughs> is about to make their debut, get called up, it's always an exciting thing. Pete Crow Armstrong, the news broke this morning. Jeff Passan of ESPN saying, hey, he's on his way to Denver. Uh, will it be activated on Tuesday? Will it be Monday? Either way, all of those Cubs fans invading Coors Field uh, yeah. are going to be in for uh, a nice debut for Cubs top prospect Pete Crow Armstrong. Yeah, no. Uh, yes, Jeff Passan reported it this morning, uh, saying that the plan was to call him up and activate him on Tuesday. I believe Mark Feinsand of MLB.com um, kind of reported something similar, but left open the possibility that if he gets to Denver in time today, he may uh, be activated. So, yeah, still up in the air a little bit on when that is to happen, but um, very big time news as far as prospects go for the Chicago Cubs, who uh, traded for Pico Armstrong. Two years ago at the uh, ill-fated trade deadline that saw most of the core get shipped out of Chicago, um, he was the return in the Javier Baez trade uh, with the New York Mets. And ever since then, he has quickly climbed up the radar for not just the Cubs prospect rankings, but MLB's rankings. I know uh, MLB Pipeline had them rank, has him ranked uh, number 12 right now. So um, he, he snuck in the top 10 there for a little bit. But, you know, the re-rankings changed some things around. But... Um, Seen as a widely regarded prospect in baseball, uh, potential elite center field skills, um, great bat and and plus speed. So um, the kind of prospect that any team would like to have coming up, but especially right now, um, Cubs making a playoff push right here in September. Uh, maybe need a little bit of energy. You know, the the dog days of of summer did. Um, you know, it, it took its toll as it takes its toll on everyone. Um, so they've been injecting some some young blood into the into the rotation, into the lineups, into the bullpen, um, and some of them are, are really starting to stand out. And they're definitely hopeful that Pete Armstrong does that as well. Definitely seemed like going into spring training, the hype on the on the Cubs was you know tepid at best, and it was like, well, if everything break everything breaks right, you know, maybe they'll be in the hunt and they, they certainly are. What I find to be the interesting as you talk about Pete Crow Armstrong uh coming over in that Javi Baez deal at the twenty twenty one trade deadline, Cubs had 
better trade chips than the Rockies there in 2021. And they cashed them all in from Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, Baez, Cal Schwarber even. Whereas the Rockies, you know, they may have only had Trevor Story and John Gray as their big trade chips. Uh, mm-hmm. You throw CJ Crone in there, maybe even Daniel Bard. But the Rockies stood pat. Cubs traded everything away. You know, they weren't very good last year, but partially because of how active they were at that 2021 trade deadline and sort of recognizing, hey, we don't really have a chance now. Let's improve our odds for the future. Well, the future is now for the Cubs, whereas for the Rockies, we're still waiting for that to happen because of so much of that inactivity at the 21 and the 2022 trade deadline. So I imagine Cubs fans are feeling uh, you know, a little bit better about the fact that that big core that won the World Series in 2016, though they had to you know, be broken up in, in 2021, they're now reaping the rewards of that trade deadline. Yeah, and that's, you know, w- when you're talking about four-plus players from a, a World Series championship team, a group that grew together, um, hitting the reset button is never easy, not, not just on, you know, Jed Hoyer and then the rest of the front office, but, like, the fans especially like there it was not of course i loved a uh, set of moves at the time um and even p crow armstrong right like he played i think six games uh, in 2021 his he didn't play in 2020 when he got drafted um because of the lost minor league season played six games and tore his labrum in his right shoulder in 21 um and didn't play again the rest of that season so um it was kind of like you're trading this world series hero for a 19 year old that you know, it was high on the prospect list. I think he was number five um, in the Mets system at the time, but just a guy that Cubs fans hadn't really heard of before. Um, and so, it, yeah, it was going to take some time for, you know, obviously the Cubs to get themselves right at the big league team, but for the returns on um, those trades to start making their way up the minor, the minor league system and, and debuting and seeing what they can provide to the big league team two years later, um, those moves haven't really panned out as, as far as the major league production goes like um, Alexander Canario who they got for Chris Bryant uh, has only had one plate appearance but he also had like a two major injuries last offseason that really delayed kind of his um, emergence uh, Caleb Killian has come up and he struggled uh, he was another guy they got in one of those deals um, and some of the guys they got for like Anthony Rizzo you know Kevin Alcantara is still lower levels of the minor leagues I think I want to say he's 20 or 21 years old so um they're not there yet as far as getting those returns to the major league level and seeing if they can produce, but they are obviously back as far as they were able to turn things around pretty quickly at the big league level, bringing in guys like Cody Bellinger and Marcus Stroman, Justin Steele emerging as an ace. Um, and so they're at the point where they've, they've gotten themselves back into a competitive playoff caliber position. Uh, and now Pete Crow Armstrong is like he's the face of the future right and they're hoping that right about now is when that future and those returns on those trades are going to start impacting the big league club they're obviously trying to um needle this thread pretty pretty you know that's what they want to do they want the future uh to start impacting the big league club while they have some of these guys and and they're fighting for a playoff spot um it's not an easy net needle to thread peaker armstrong may be able to help them do that yeah, we'll talk about uh, Cody Bellinger, Dansby Swanson. But uh, to finish up on Pete Crow Armstrong, slight derailment. We're going to get back. You'll, you'll see how. Uh, <laughs> and I know you know, Ryan. What Do you have a favorite baseball movie? Is it? I mean, I, mean, I have to say The Sandlot, but I'm, you know, I'm on the younger side, I guess. Like, I know there, a lot of other people might pick, like, Major League or any of those <laughs> other ones. But 
but the Sandlot was kind of, it was a few years before I was born, but it was kind of what I grew up on. So I'd have to say that one. Yeah, no, Sandlot's my favorite one. They they had a, a Sandlot day at, at Coors Field where people could stay after the game. And it was raining, so you couldn't actually be on the field to watch it with a blanket. But yeah. like coming to the ballpark, they were playing the Sandlot on the scoreboard, like pregame. And it just like, oh, man. like Yeah, no, that's my favorite move. So the reason I bring that up, Super Producer Kale's probably like, how are you bringing this back to Pete Crow Armstrong? Do you know how? By, by the way, what's your favorite baseball I know, movie? Uh, you oh, I mean, Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams. Also great. I love the oh, Sandlot, though. Of course it would be, <laughs> Mr. I went to school in Iowa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, great, great movie. Um, the reason I bring it up is because Pete Crow Armstrong, his mom was an actress. So he went to Harvard Westlake High School. His mom is Ashley Crow. She was actually the mom of the kid in a movie that came out the year after Sandlot, Little Big League, 1994's Little Big League. That was his mom. So the mom in Little yeah. Big League had her son in real life, and that kid is PCA, P. Carl Armstrong. So that's pretty cool. So she'll probably be there at Coors Field tonight. So I don't know if they'll be other Hollywood celebrities, but uh, I love that story that his mom was the mom from Little Big League. Yeah, I think it's just a cool thing. It's a you know a connection of him to the baseball world well before he got to even you know pro ball or, or now – set to debut in the major leagues. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool connection. Um, I, I honestly, I don't know if I've even seen that movie before. I know it's a good one. I just haven't gotten around to seeing it, but I might have to now, right? If P. Carl Armstrong makes his debut during this Colorado series, it might be like, all right, let's 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 check out what what started his, probably his love for baseball back in the day. You know, that's it. That That's, you got, you got off-season homework right there. It's like, you can have a watch party where you're just watching... <laughs> Little big league. I was also thinking too, because uh, Cody's going to be out there from CHGO Cubs. He'll, he'll be out here uh, for the next three days. For every home run that PCA hits, he should have to watch uh, an Ashley Crow movie or an appearance on a TV show or something like. And not as, as a punishment, but in celebration <laughs> of Pete Crow Armstrong, be like, yeah, you know what? You hit three home runs. I watch three of your mom's movies now. I think that's good. That's a good homework assignment. Yeah, that would help. I mean, Cody usually does a beer bat after every win. Um, there was a little curse there. He, he kind of he choked on the beer uh, last week, and then they lost like the next three games or something oh. like that. Um, but they did win yesterday, so he may be back, and maybe he could do a beer bat for every uh, home run that Pete Karamashan hits. We'll see. Like we'll, we'll have to workshop that one. Yeah. Well, you could also probably just do like a shot of Breckenridge bourbon, the official bourbon of the Denver Broncos. I know you guys are in Bears country out there, but uh, the Breckenridge bourbon is the official bourbon of the Broncos, widely known for their blended bourbon whiskey, high rye mash, American style whiskey on social media. It's hashtag at Prey Anywhere because you could take it anywhere. In fact, it's in all 50 states, so you can get it at uh, any number of liquor stores. It's won so many different awards, even their location in Breckenridge. If you're looking to go and grab a bite to eat, get a tour around their facility, Make sure you you check that out because it's literally the world's highest distillery. Shop your local retailer or visit BreckenridgeDistillery.com. I don't know what the uh, – in the bleachers at Wrigley Field, I don't know what the altitude is. I know it gets up pretty high, or at least if you're sitting in the upper deck, but we're still we're, – we're not talking like 10,000 feet above sea level like in Breckenridge, you know? Oh, it's no, it's not even close. The 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 elements actually tend to uh, stop home runs from from leaving the ballpark, whereas I know in cores that the elements kind of help. Oh, it's nothing but it's pure element. It's <laughs> Coors Field is a is a living embodiment of element. 
turn $1 into $200 with Bet365 when you join. Download the app, deposit $10, claim your $200 in bonus bets as soon as you place a bet for $1. You use that code DNVR365 when you sign up. They pioneered live in-game betting. They're partners with the Colorado Rockies, proud partners, and they've got a really cool thing. It's called the Baseball Early Payout Offer. I'm not sure. The Cubs bullpen's been pretty solid this year, but there have been, I imagine, like with all teams here, uh, Ryan, they've had their bouts of coughing up big leads. Is that correct? Yeah, no, they've, I mean, you know, earlier in the season, right, like they, they, the Cubs do this where, um, you know, they tend to kind of bring in veterans on cheaper contracts um, and, and try to, you know, they build their bullpens that way. A lot of it is new faces in the bullpen to start the seasons and, and figuring out the roles. And it's usually worked and it's worked out this season. They have eventually figured out these roles for some of these guys, but it was a struggle Earlier in the mm-hmm. season, you know, Michael Fulmer was the closer, de facto closer, um, blew a couple leads early in the season, and and right. they had to, you know, switch a few things around. Now they have they have gotten the roles figured out. They have been a little bit more. You know, there was a few months there where they were one of the better bullpens in baseball. More recently, you know, Edward Alzali is their closer right now, and he's. Mm-hmm. You know, dealt with some just some lingering bumps and bruises type stuff. Um, he blew two saves uh, recently. I want to say it was one against the Brewers and one against the Reds. Uh, so division opponents, um, you know, Mark Leiter Jr. and Julian Merriweather, just other guys that they have used uh, in more high leverage situations that have become, um, you know, David Ross's trusted guys. A lot of those guys are being used more than they ever have at the big league level. Um, workload has been high. You know, there was uh, a couple weeks there in August uh, where they were getting used a, a lot. Like they, almost every game, it seemed like those three were being used. And, you know, mm-hmm. unless a day that one of those guys was down, he was going to get used because they needed, you know, they just needed to, to make up some wins. Um, and so they have been kind of dealing with that a little bit as well. You know, Edward Auslade didn't pitch for like over a week or about a week or something like that. Um, but he was dealing with some stuff. So um, they've had it. They, the bullpen has started to feel the uh, the grind of the season, so to speak, oh, yeah. lately. They did have a few games there where the Cubs gave him some leads late in the game. Uh, and David Ross was able to go to more of his uh, lower leverage guys and, and not have to worry about using any of those high leverage guys. Um, but now they're in the stretch run. If they're healthy, they're going to pitch when they need to pitch. Um, and so, yeah, they, they, I would say overall, the numbers show they've been a little bit more middle of the pack this season. Um, but they do have good arms in that bullpen that have, once they figured out those roles, started to really perform very well. Um yeah, they just got to make it through the season, right? They got three more weeks um, for some of those guys that just have not pitched this much in a season at the big league level. Um, but David Ross is counting on them. Those guys are going to do everything they can to be on the field when he needs them. Um, and, yeah, the Cubs are going to need them because I, I expect with some of the series they do still have remaining, um, there are going to be some tight games, some close games that they're going to need those high leverage guys at the, at the back end. And their season's going to go on even longer, hopefully, right? For, for yeah, guys that, that they hope for sure. Season. But yeah, no, Rockies bullpen, they're feeling the exact same thing. But the cool thing right now with Bet365 is, of course, that they got the baseball early payout offer so that if your team goes up by five runs or more, you're an automatic winner. Instant payout, parlay, and same game parlay selections will be marked as winners. So look, they're coming to Coors Field. You know it can get a little bit crazy there, but that's the nice thing with the best uh, Bet365 baseball early payout offer. Please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. Use that code DNVR, bet uh, DNVR three six five. As as we were saying in the beginning, man, spring training, it 
it, it wasn't exactly clear that the Cubs, this would be their year to, to take a, a big step forward mm -hmm. uh, as they've had. What's also, what's interesting too, when you look at the standings is, you know, they, they got a shot still in the NL Central. They'll still, they still have a series with the Brewers, but they're plus 98 right now in run differential. That's actually third best in the National League. So if you're looking at just that, you're, you're feeling pretty good. Uh, I know you said, uh, you know, the bullpen, a lot of these young guys, you know, the dog days of summer are, are hitting them. And so I uh, think you gotta, you gotta be able to persevere and, and push through that. That's what makes you a big leaguer, but they could be getting some support in the bullpen. Uh, I've heard some uh, rumblings that Marcus Stroman may be coming back soon, but it's going to be as a reliever. Uh, there's just no very clear idea of, of what if he'll come back and what exactly he'll uh, be doing for them. I mean, yeah, possibility as a reliever, um, but I think that's more based on like, it'd be very, very hard to build him up to start games uh, this quickly. Right. Um, he's been out for over a month. Uh, I believe it was a right rib cartilage fracture. So not an injury very <laughs> you ever really see in uh, for pitchers in baseball. Um, so it's one of those where it has to be frustrating because there's no like, general history of like, oh, how long did this guy take to, to, to recover from it? How long did that guy take? Like as, as, as bad as Tommy John surgeries are, like at least so many <laughs> pitchers have had it that you can kind of start to make up timelines based on the extent of the injury and what exactly they have to do for this one. There's really been no clear idea of like if he'll pitch at all again for the Cubs this season. Mm. Um, I can imagine him maybe being a reliever uh, if he's not – uh, if he does return, but just not built up enough to start games, um, that remains to be seen. Just, you know, he's throwing, I believe he's scheduled to throw live BP down in Arizona tonight or today, whenever that happens. It might have happened already, um, but that would be his second live BP since, you know, uh, being out. So he's still got a little bit of ways to go uh, as far as, you know, moving up to, to rehabs and, and more bullpens and, and, you know, again, just building himself back up to a pitch count that may uh, lend it to lend itself to starting games for him. Uh, it's not going to be any time like very soon, right? Like, it could be more towards the end of the season. We'll have to see. Uh, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it could totally be as a reliever. Um, he is, when he was when he's been healthy this season, he's been one of the better pitchers in baseball, and they, if they feel like he can help them even in a relieving capacity, they're not gonna not let him do that. So um, remains to be seen, but it's definitely possible. The homies from uh, Chicago, Peter and Shane, already invading the chat. Look, I mean, is it not <laughs> enough for Cubs fans to just be invading Coors Field now? They are oh. coming in to DNVR Sports Channel live on YouTube, like. Oh, they're 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 got to invade Denver and as a whole everything that Denver when the Cubs are in town they got to invade it. I hate to break it to you, that has already happened. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's so strange that they haven't played all year. Cubs also hadn't played yeah. the Diamondbacks until this past weekend, and, this and weekend, they still yeah. have another one against them. So that's just kind of strange uh, how that uh, gets laid out. Maybe uh, those that are in the chat uh, and invading here. Uh, can get, share their opinion. What was your opinion of what the Cubs did at the trade deadline? Seemed like it was one of those middle of the road things. They got Jose mm -hmm. Quas, Heimer Candelario. You go, all right, that's kind of something. But uh, Candelario is uh, his defense. Some of the defensive metrics actually like what he's been doing. And, uh, and Jose Quas, actually, that looks like a brilliant move that they got uh, a nice reliever from the Royals. So, I mean, you probably would have liked more, but. Those two dudes uh, seems like they uh, they've been helping out uh, in, in, in just bolstering the depth of the roster overall. 
Yeah, well, with Candelario, I, I believe he left. Um, you know, he left Sunday's win uh, over the Diamondbacks due to back tightness, is what I believe what it was described as. So for him, remains to be seen where he's going to be. If he needs to go on the IL, if he, you know, whatever needs to happen uh, for the back tightness, that that's you know definitely going to be a hit, but. For sure, he's been uh, a boost to the team. He's able to play both corner positions pretty well, so that provides David Ross with uh, the ability to mix and match the lineups based on matchups and um, just the versatility of being able to play two, two, the, the defense solidly at two positions. Um, that definitely helps. Um, he had a crazy few games to start his Cubs career, um, has cooled off, cooled off relatively. Um, he's still hitting some home runs. He may not be hitting for the high average that they probably would have hoped that he uh, was going to bring. He was one of the, he may have been the best hitter on the market once the Cubs officially pulled uh, Cody Bellinger. Um, So yeah, yeah, so it was definitely a a big pickup for them um, and not one that broke the bank. And I think that was also part of the calculus that, you know, for, for Jamer Candelario and Jose Quas, guys that they saw and, and thought could help this team right now, um, but weren't going to be expensive additions that drove them over, over the uh, competitive balance tax line, which they, you know, they're under it right now. And they, I, think, I believe they want to stay under that so that they can kind of go all in and have that whole thing reset going into uh, for next season. Um, you know, the penalties for staying on the, the luxury tax or above the luxury tax uh, that they change based on every year that you're over it, how much you're over it and all that stuff. So I think part of the calculus was unless it was someone they really felt confident was going to put them over the top in a way this season, um, they weren't keen on breaking the bank and going over that limit um, just for this season. They felt comfortable bringing in Jose Quas and Jamer Candelario to help the playoff push, which both have. Um, Cubs fans obviously wanted to have a little bit more. They wanted them to make a little more, more moves, bolster the bullpen, all that kind of stuff, which certainly would have helped them this season. Um, in my opinion, may not have been the season to do that. So I'm kind of in agreement with what the front office did. Um, it, it doesn't help the, the, the playoff chances, but I don't think this was a season to break the bank. I think what they did um, has so far worked out. What they did was kind of, just about what I would have done in the same position as far as, you know, trying to stay under the, the that line. Um, and yeah, again, like Jose Quas has been better. Jamer Candelario may be hurt right now, but he's been a part of that everyday lineup since he came over. Uh, we'll see how, how those two impact the team going down the stretch again, three more weeks left, but um, they've come in, have helped in this playoff push, have helped stabilize this team um, through the end of, of August and now into September. And uh, we'll see where it goes from here. I, I, I do like those two moves specifically right now, just, a, just on how they've turned out. Um, three more weeks to go. We'll see how they are able to uh, impact this playoff push. The, the Heimer Candelario trade, it just reminded me of like, Aramis Ramirez, when the Cubs got him, I was like, oh, this is identical. They're just running that playbook back. And that worked, that worked out pretty good for the for the Cubs that year. It's going to work out really good for Cody if he decides to stop by Kind Love, uh, especially if he goes to one of the stores in Cherry Creek or North Denver. If he mentions code DNVR, he's going to receive a DNVR exclusive discount of 25% or more of all Kind Love flower pre-rolls, their turbo joint line. You actually go to kindlove.com for their full extensive menu. Uh, and you can now get deliveries when you use that code DNVR. They got authentic authentic genetics 
patient grow techniques, one of the highest quality brands in all of Colorado, fully integrated seed to sale, breeding their own genetics, control grow process and packaging. It's, it's kind love. That's the spot that you need to hit up when you're in town and you're looking to have a little bit of fun with that recreational marijuana. If you're being recreational, you got to put some shades on, cover up your eyes, whether they're red or whether it's just a sunny day in Colorado. It's not today on Monday, but still, you can never be too cautious. Go to Shady Rays. Make sure you use code DNVR. You buy one, you get one free. If you lose or you break them, they will fully replace them. I know you guys over in CHGO have been rocking some Shady Rays. Who's the infamous one on the Cubs beat or, or, or just in the company that is either losing or breaking their glasses all the time and always has to keep contacting Shady Rays for, for that replacement pair? Well, I've already broken two. Oh, or I've what? lost lost one, broke a second. Um, <laughs> have not gotten in contact with Shady Rays about replacing them, but Shady Rays always has our back, so I know they will as soon as I reach out to them. But yeah, no, I lost one. I lost one in a San Antonio River in June, so um, that that's probably the worst one. They just got swept off my my head and, and never <laughs> to be seen again. Oh man, yeah. Just reach out, contact. Lost and broken place for yeah, a policy. Totally. It's fantastic. Get a full refund too if you if you don't like what you've got, or uh, you can exchange that. Go down to the Park Meadows Mall for fifty percent off two or more pairs of polarized shades. They're shades rated five stars by over two hundred thousand folks. Wonderful independent sunglass company. Let's talk about Justin Steele. We're not going to see him here at, at Coors Field, mm-hmm. but look, he's in that hunt. He's one of those top five guys right now that is gunning after that National League Cy Young Award. Uh, I know he's you know, he's put together some really solid starts here in, in, in recent memory, but you go out and you see what Zach Allen did and said, hey, Justin Steele, it, it's nice that you showed up this year, kind of put your name on the map. Last year you broke out in 2022, 2023, now you're in the conversation, but it's still all about me, Zach Gallen. Can you talk a little bit about you know how good Justin Steele has been for the second year in a row now? Justin Steele has been, you know, you, you mentioned last year and he started to rise. You could see him starting to figure things out, um, you know, getting advice. There's a story like John Lester texted David Ross, right, and gave Justin Steele a couple of tips. Um, and ever since then, like the numbers had really started to go up. I'm not giving full credit to John Lester, but getting <laughs> some tips from from a very good maybe borderline Hall of Fame pitchers that that's always going to help you out. Um, so you saw that go last year. He did uh, get shut down in September. Uh, I believe it was something, some back tightness or, or, or uh, you know, something with the lower back. I know that. Um, and so he came back this year and, you know, talking to him going into spring training, it was like, you know, I moved down to Arizona. I, I've been building my, my body up. Like I'm, I'm ready to kind of get through a full season and be successful for a full season. He had one stint on the injured list this season, a minimum stint. Um, but he's been, Outside of that, like, yeah, he's a Cy Young, like one of the best pitchers in baseball. Uh, I believe it's a two four nine ERA right now, sixteen and three. Like, he has been um, just like a revelation for this group. I want to say he has twenty or twenty one quality starts um, in that stretch. So he's just he's always going out there and giving the team a chance to win. And you mentioned Zach Gallon, but like even that, you know. September 9th, right? That that was that was Saturday. Steele went out and threw seven innings, one run ball. So he was right there too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's he, I I do think he has a very good shot for the National League Cy Young. You know, guys like Blake Snell or there's, there's other guys still in that race who have maybe you know better stuff, right? Like Justin Steele doesn't throw with a ton of velocity. He really only uses um, two pitches, um, but he. 
dominates with them. He, he doesn't strike out a whole ton of people like some of those other guys do, but he just continues to limit barrels, uh, soft contact on the ground, like everything that, you know, the, the Cubs built this defense knowing how many ground ball pitchers that they had going into the season. And he has been maybe like this, like the perfect fit for that. He's just constantly getting soft contact on the ground, uh, you know, low barrels. And that helps the defense, obviously, but that defense helps him as well. Yeah, I, th- I think he's I, a top three guy yeah. because I, I, I'm not in on Blake Snell. Just he just walks way too many guys. Yeah. Spencer Steer, great and all. His ERA is a little bit high. I know you know some of that could be if you, if you look at his xFIP, it probably should be a lot lower. But still, I I just think Justin Steele checks off all of the boxes. He, he leads the NL and 16 wins, so he he does enough of those right things. I think he'll be in that top three so long as these final three weeks go well for him. Yeah, and I, I mean, for me, and this is like not even saying it with bias, like if it were me, you know, I I may consider him the front runner right now, but not like mm-hmm. by a, a whole lot, right? Like that, he, like guys like Blake Snell, Spencer Strider, all have arguments. And like, I don't think Justin really, I don't think he leads. His, his ERA might have jumped up to the, the best in the National League for the qualified starters at, after is. this weekend. Um but like outside of that, like he doesn't lead again. He doesn't strike out a whole lot of guys, so he's not leading in that. You know, he's not leading in innings pitched or, or walk rate or any any of that stuff. But he's so close to the top in a lot of those things. And um, when you're looking at like who is the best pitcher in the National League this season, it's like this guy's top five here, top five here, top three here, number one here. You know, like that's hard to to discount based on like strikeout numbers, right? So uh, mm-hmm. definitely, guys with with great resumes too, like great arguments to be Cy Young. But when I'm looking at it and I may say like Justin Steele, Steele may be at the top right now. Like you mentioned three more weeks that kind of have to go well for him. Um, you know, the Cubs making the playoffs, that's going to help his, him, him or his resume as well. Just, you know, that the ace pitcher on a playoff team like that helps. Um, so he's still got to finish off the season, but I'm sitting here right now and I'm, I'm I I think I would make the argument for Justin Steele if if it were to end right now. If it were to end today, um, he's he's definitely right up there at the top of the list. You mentioned top three. Like at this point in the season, there's no doubt he should be a finalist for me. Yeah, he he has the advantage of every game being worth twice as much as it is to a guy like Spencer Steer, who maybe he won't even go out there for his final start to get ready for the postseason or just work on a couple things. And Blake Snell, all those games are, are meaningless for the Padres right now. So he's going to have to push a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. David in the chat pointing out, yeah, 20 quality starts uh, for for Justin Steele, who's been great. You know, I wanted to get your opinion on, you know, the better extension, or the better contract for the Cubs, because Dansby Swanson has worked out really nice. It'll be interesting to see what happens uh, when it comes to the Gold Glove Award at shortstop, because I think it's really between Dansby Swanson uh, and the guy here in Colorado and Ezekiel Tovar. They're kind of right there, neck and neck. Uh, third place is probably far off, but it's going to be one of those two guys for Gold Glove Award. He obviously coming in uh, as a big free agent. We'll see if his wife, uh, Mallory Pugh Swanson, a USA soccer from Littleton right here in Colorado, you know, forward yep. for the national team. Uh, if she'll be in the building today, uh, the next couple days, that will be interesting. But Swanson gets the big free agent contract. Uh, but so does Nico Horner. He got that little extension. And I mean, you know, that seems like a, a stroke of genius. Three years, $35 million. 
you know, he he put up good numbers last year and he's duplicating it again this year. I don't know if you can say one deal has been better than the other, but you got to be pretty happy when you put out that kind of money for those two players and you get back what you kind of had hoped, if not better. Yeah, I, I, I think if you're looking, I mean, from a long-term sense, obviously Dansby Swanson's contract is longer, right? Um, but he, he provides gold glove caliber defense at, maybe the premium position on the field, definitely the premium position on the infield. Um, but like Nico Horner was probably, he had an argument to be a gold glove finalist himself last year. Like he was very good at shortstop last year. Um, they brought Danby Swanson over Nico graciously moved back over to second base. And that's been the best middle infield combination uh, in baseball this season. I want, you know, that's, that's my opinion at least, but I think the numbers might back that up. Um, I don't know if I can say what contract is better because obviously Dansby's a little bit older. Nico's contract, uh, you know, bought out the rest of arbitration and his first year of free agency. So that, you know, you're locking down a guy who's going to be pretty important for you the next few years um, for maybe maybe less money than he could have gotten. Maybe, maybe not through arbitration, but like on the free agent market, right? And you're guaranteeing him uh, that you keep him through at least that first year as well. So a little bit more uh, security with him. But like Dansby Swanson... Seven years, $177 million. It's a lot of money, right? It's like one of the bigger contracts the Cubs have ever given out, which I don't know if that says a whole lot of good about the Cubs. They've never given out a $2 million, $200 million contract before. But, you know, that's just my opinion. Uh, but, like, Dansby Swanson brings so much outside of, like, he hit his 20 home run potential, 25. He's hit 25 homers the last two seasons, um, you know, 2021 and 2022. So he has some power in there. Great glove at shortstop, and I think just like his innate leadership qualities are like you can't really put a price on that. Like that's you don't you don't give a guy that much money just because he's a good leader that he's got to perform as well. But like all of that and like pushing you know Jed Hoyer to not sell and to actually buy the trade deadline, like just convincing him uh, with his play and 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 with the words and, and just convincing all of them that they have what it takes to get themselves back in the position. Three months ago, they were 10 games below 500, you know, leading up to the all-star break and the trade deadline. It was like, oh, man, a couple more losses and they're definitely going to sell. And a guy like Danzy Swanson just led them kind of out of that. And um, that's, yeah, that's, you can't really put a price on that. That's that's so important um, because it's not on the box score, but it's going to, it's going to impact that locker room. It's going to impact the team so much more than people might want to get it credit for. Um, David Ross talks about it. Jed Hoyer talks about it. Everyone on the team talks about what Danzy Swanson brings as far as the leadership qualities. Nico Horner does the same. Like I'm not, not knocking Nico Horner because they talk about him in the same breath, but I'm, I'm sitting here and like you gave Danzy Swanson a seven year contract. The first year looks great. They're, they project him to like, stick at shortstop through that contract. So if you have him for another six seasons playing at the kind of level he's at, like that is such a valuable guy to have for that price. And you can't like, if you, if you can continue to do this for at least most of the rest of that contract, like Jed Hoyer's, Jed Hoyer's patting himself on the back because that that's a good deal for him to give out for a guy like Danny Swanson. It is Nathan May Rockies fan. He says, uh, as a Rockies fan, it pays me. It pains me to say this, but I've enjoyed watching the Cubs games this year. Big Nico Horner fan. So, look, we know that uh, a lot of transplants here in Denver, and uh, even if they're not, Cubs are Cubs are uh, very much a, a, a fun team. It probably hasn't been fun for Rockies fans to watch the success 
uh, that that Mike Talkman is having. Maybe a little bit, right? It's been the summer of Mike Talkman uh, for whatever reason, uh, but he's been been great. Good for him. But maybe a lot less fun to know. Oh no, Cody Bellinger, he's back with a vengeance, about to go out in the free agent market. A lot of Rockets fans probably hope he just goes out to the American League somewhere. So you only have to see him once a year, uh, once every two years at Coors Field. But man, he's really seemed to have revitalized his career with the Cubs. And uh, what he did in the offseason definitely seems to have kind of fixed or at least answered enough of those problems to say, yeah, he's going to get some good money on a very light free agent market. Yeah, well, I, I do, you know, I, I think that health and being fully healthy for the first time in maybe a few years has actually has been a big help with that. Um, but yeah, just just kind of going in, working all off season. You know, they said that I think he from when he signed to like spring training and when they left back to Chicago, um, you know, Bellinger was at the complex like every day except for like one, something like that. So um, he got right to work as soon as he signed with the Cubs, you know, him and Scott Boris took a gamble, right? One year, 17 and a half million, um, didn't, you know, turn down some, maybe a few more years on those contracts because they wanted to reestablish his value and get him back on the market quickly. Cubs were fine with it. Um, and then hope that at least for this year, he could turn into something close to what the Cody Bellinger to the Cody Bellinger of old, right? 2019 MVP type Cody Bellinger, um, hoping that they get, could get some level of that help, help the team, you know, because he brings that kind of veteran leadership winning mentality too. He did that yeah. all his entire career with the Dodgers. Um, so he's never really experienced like a, a losing trade deadline type thing. And it looked like he was going to get that in Chicago for the first time. Didn't end up happening. So that you know, was obviously big for him. Um, but he brings that kind of veteran leadership mentality. Let's go win every single ball game and make the playoffs kind of kind of thing for this ball club as well. Um, and so he's just been... Like, had he not missed a month earlier in the year, he may very well be in the MVP conversation. Like, he's been that good for so long uh, this season that, you know, even when he has, like, a quiet day, right? A quiet day is, like, one hit, right? Like he's not, he's not, he's, he's still getting a hit or he's still getting on base somehow. That's a quiet day for him because he's been doing so well um, for, for months for this team, pretty much since he got back from the injured list. So, the Cubs bet that Cody Bellinger could help them out for at least this season. Cody Bellinger wanted to bet on himself that he could reestablish his value. The, this is a perfect partnership and it's worked out for both sides, like amazingly. Um, but now we sit here and it's like, you mentioned like Cody Bellinger going back to free agency and, and maybe Rockies fans don't want to see Cody Bellinger that often. They want to see him in the American league and far away from them. Um, but you know, if I'm the Cubs, I, I am doing, Pretty much everything I can this offseason to, to keep him in a Cubs uniform because he's he's been that good. He's loved his time there. They, they've loved having him there. He gels with that clubhouse and he just plays his butt off. He's, he's a he's a gold glove caliber center fielder as well, even though Pete Kerr Armstrong's coming up now. He can play great defense at first base, so he provides some versatility there. Um, the bat is good. The bat has been great. I'm against righties and lefty this year. So there's like not a lot of holes in Cody Bellinger's game and he's still young. Like this is the kind of guy, if you're getting ready to start going for it next year, like this is the kind of guy, especially him having been there for a year, you kind of know what you're getting with him now. Um, As far as behind the scenes stuff, like that's the kind of guy that you want to keep around long-term and Cody Bellinger, you know, I don't know what he's going to get paid. 
I, I've seen a bunch of different numbers get thrown out there, um, but the Cubs should absolutely be in that mix to try to you know keep him on the north side of Chicago. I'm sure you and I will be talking about him plenty while we're in Nashville at the winter meetings yeah. this year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> breaking, totally. Breaking all that down on the dailies. All right, real quick, let's jump into the series preview. Today, Monday, uh, to Battle of Left-Handers, Kyle Freeland against Jordan Wicks, who's 3-0, 2.16 ERA Tuesday. You got Chris Flexen for the Rockies against Javier Assad. I mean, those two guys, Wicks and Assad, have kind of been, you know, sneaky, effectively good um, so far for the Cubs. I know Assad just kind of moved into the rotation. Uh, I don't know if he's so much of a future piece, but Wicks has been, been really solid. Those are going to be two games that I don't know. Would you would you put those first two games of the series as the better odds for the Cubs to win versus Wednesday? Ty Block, who pitches well at, at Coors Field as a Colorado kid, and then the other free agent signing that yeah. hasn't really worked out so well, Jamison Tyon on Wednesday. Which, if you had to pick two out of three for the Cubs to kind of lock down, which uh, two would you select? Yeah, I think those first two are are definitely. Like the two, the two that I'd maybe give him the best shot, but that's because like Jordan Wicks has been very, very good since coming up. He's only made three starts, still very on early on in his career, but he's been, yes, like very effective. Um, Cubs really like what he does. He has the same kind of mentality that like he said it himself. Like I'm not, I don't care about the stats. Uh, if we don't make the playoffs this season, I'm not satisfied. So that's a great mentality for a young guy to have starting his major league career in the middle of a playoff push. Javier Assad struggled his last time out, um, but he's been very effective for the Cubs since moving into the rotation, you know, where uh, Marcus Stroman was hurt. Drew Smiley uh, proved ineffective, and then he moved to the bullpen. And I'll talk about Jameson Tyone in a minute, but he hasn't been as effective either. Uh, like Javier Assad was one of those guys that helped stabilize the rotation for a few weeks there uh, until a guy like Jordan Wicks is ready to come up, until potentially Marcus Stroman, uh, you know, comes back. You know, Steele has obviously been Cy Young caliber. Kyle Hendricks has had maybe a comeback player of the year worthy season. Um, not, you know, Cody Bellinger is probably going to win that, but like Kyle Hendricks has had a good season, if not for Cody Bellinger. Resurgent, um, very resurgent yeah, for, for resurgence for anyone form, yeah. not paying attention. Totally. So like those two, you know, Assad did have a, a bad start last week against Arizona, but it wasn't obviously wasn't as bad as it could have been. It was five and a third, three earned runs. Um, so if I'm giving the Cubs maybe their best chances to win two of these three, like having Jordan Wicks and, and Javier Assad on the mound, kind of while they're uh, pitching at a, at a pretty high level more often than not, like that's that's probably the two I'd give them. Jamison Tyone looked great the other day against um, the Diamondbacks, six innings, one hit, right? One hit and nine strikeouts. Um, but he's been very up and down this season. Home runs have been a problem for him. And we know how the ball travels in Colorado. So that's that's going to be one where he's got to kind of prove that he's gotten himself back on track. He can limit the damage. He can, um, you know, fool the hitters that, that the pitches are working, the pitch mix is working. Um, but he's he's a guy you just don't know about because he's had he's had really high highs this year and really low lows. So that's going to be that's going to be an interesting one to watch to end the series. Um, but yeah, so if I, two out of three. Jordan Wicks and Javier Assad right now are probably giving them the best chance, giving the Cubs the best chance to take this series. Rockies are going to try to disrupt, but uh, it has not worked out so well for them. Ryan, thanks so much for, for joining. Go ahead and plug away for anyone uh, that may not know where you're from or where they can find your work at. 
Yeah, you can find my work at allchgo.com. That's our website over in Chicago. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Ryan underscore A underscore Herrera. You can also go follow our, our main page and our Cubs page at chgo underscore sports and at chgo underscore Cubs, both on Twitter, uh, chgo sports on Instagram, chgo sports YouTube channel where you can find all our live shows and pods. Um, that's about where you can find my stuff, but you know, we have a lot of good stuff um, from all throughout chgo that you could definitely check out there as well yeah if you like what we do here at dnvr i mean and you want a little chicago slant to things or if you're looking for a, a baseball team to root for in october and again you like what we do at all city uh make sure you go and check that ryan thanks again for joining us man appreciate it appreciate it patrick thanks we'll see you soon all right now he can go ahead have a, a breck brew broncos country Colorado Ingredients, Colorado company, made with 100% renewable energy. It's the it's the brew of the month, Broncos country. It, it, it tastes better than the team plays. I don't know that that's actually going to be the slogan, but we might have to make it uh, until they can get a W under their belt. Big sigh off camera from super producer Kale. Hang in there, buddy. Uh, but go to breckbrew.com to the Breckbrew locator to find out where you can get your Breckbrew Broncos country. Good stuff there. Also want to give a tip of the cap to uh, Kyle Freeland, who uh, will start today on Monday. We'll have to wait to talk with him after the game. But he, of course, earlier uh, or late in last week, was named the 2023 Roberto Clemente Award nominee for the second consecutive season for the Rockies. So uh, he and his, his wife, Ashley, doing a wonderful job with Special Olympics Colorado volunteering numerous events. You know, Susie was at one. Um just about uh, two weeks ago, uh, so that uh, he's given back to the community as uh, as the Colorado kid, uh, dude from Thomas Jefferson High School. So uh, it's wonderful to see him, you know, picking up uh, where where so many you know wonderful Rockies who've given back to the community have left off. So doing it in his hometown is is really special. Let's get into some special prospects of the week as uh, two of the leagues wind down in in, in high A, but at Triple A you got Jimmy Heron continuing to make some noise down there. In the outfield at 417, two homers, eight RBI, two stolen bases. So doing it with power, doing it with speed. You love the walk to strikeout numbers. He walked five times, only struck out three times. So many other hitters were productive at the week for the isotopes. But want to give an honorable mention to uh, Julio Carreras, a guy who is on the Rockies' 40-man roster, did just get promoted to AAA from Hartford just this past week, 278. Double, three RBI, three walks to three strikeouts. So putting the ball in play, taking his walks and a stolen base. Nice job by him. Rough week overall by Isotopes pitching, as we know how difficult it can be down there in Albuquerque. So uh, that's that can be rough at times. Connor Siebel probably had the best start of anybody. We did also see Ryan Feltner make that rehab start down there where he gave up one run in two and two-thirds innings pitched. Hopefully to find some we'll find some word down at the ballpark today. At DNVR underscore Rockies on Twitter, where we'll let you know when Ryan Feltner will be making that next rehab start. What's up next for him? Up next for Double A Hartford. Well, they had two games bagged because of inclement weather, but it still didn't mean they didn't have a really good week from Carson Palmquist, that left-hander that looks very similar to Kyle Freeland when he's on the mound. Even his mannerisms, uh, just the whole thing, soup to nuts. Seven inning complete game performance. Only gave up two runs on six hits, one walk, and nine strikeouts. Connor Van Skoyak, Alec Barger also had a really nice week. And another one of those young players to keep an eye on that doesn't get enough love. We, we love hyping up those young guys that, hey, keep an eye on him. He could be something for the future. We'll see how much they can contribute. We were on it with Josh Fuentes way back in 2018. We were, of course, all over a guy like Co 
Coco Montez and so many other players in between. Angel Chavi, one of those players, did get promoted from high A, had his first week at double A, the 21-year-old reliever, three innings pitch, did not give up a run, struck out three. On the offensive side, honorable mention to Yankee Fernandez, Vladimir Restituyo, Kyle Datris, Braxton Fulford, nice catching prospect, but also got to shout out Drew Romo for his three home run game last week, his second in, I believe, six weeks with the yard go. So the bat coming along nicely for the 21-year-old backstop at high A Spokane. Their season just wrapped up, and Victor Juarez went out on a high note, five and a third innings pitched, gave up five hits, only allowed one run, two walks, and six strikeouts. Blake Adams did a nice job. And four scoreless for them. And Braden Carmichael, uh, an undrafted free agent signing by Colorado, kept a clean three and two thirds frames and struck out four in doing so offensively for Spokane. Rough week. Parker Kelly did a nice job. But in low A, Jake Snyder, he's a 25 year old prospect uh, who's bounced around from a few different organizations, but has done a really nice job with, with Fresno, who, despite the fact that they ended up with the best record in the entire California League, they're going to miss out on the postseason because in the minor leagues, first half team goes to the postseason, second half best record goes uh, as the other team. And so, unfortunately, the Grizzlies finished second place during the second half. Best record in the California League, but not enough to go to the postseason. But Jake Snyder did a nice job. Homer, three RBI, walked once. Did not strike out a single time in 16 plate appearances. EJ Andrews, Cole Carrick, Skyler Messenger had two home runs. They did a nice job for Grizzlies hitters. Uh, also, Sergio Sanchez, four scoreless frames of work, walked one, career high, six strikeouts for him. And another debuting, Isaiah Coupe, left-hander from Ohio State, did a nice job, two and a thirds innings pitch, only allowed one hit, no runs, and three strikeouts. Kale, did you get a chance to watch any of Sunday night baseball? At all, uh, or were you too? Are you still reeling from the Broncos' loss? I watched Sunday Night Football with the rest of America. <laughs> what? The Rockies aren't America's baseball team? No, I had not heard. And the Cowboys, and uh, although Sunday Night Football was a snoozer, yeah, I heard they're like talking about Dak Shepard's uh, or, or Dak Prescott's uh, tattoos, like because they ran out of things to talk. It, about. Was, it was rough. Love. Yeah, it was rough. Uh, Although it, Sunday Night Baseball might have been just as bad of a game. so Yeah, uh, rough. Another loss there for the Rockies. Uh, they fall to 9-32 against the NOS. 1-8 against the Giants this season. They've never won less than three games. That would have been their first two years of existence. Uh, and they've never had like a winning percentage below 210. So they, they basically have to go 2-2 two and two against the Giants this weekend, they got a four game set after the Cubs that starts on Thursday. They're gonna have to go two and two to avoid like their worst performing season ever against the Giants in uh, in 31 seasons. They had an early 3-0 lead, which was exciting, but uh, Lambert gave that up. Giants got a 5-3 lead eventually in the third. Goodman had a, a two RBI triple, his third in 12 games, three triples in 12 games. Charlie Blackman has the most on the team with four. So in a week and a half, Goodman is already, uh, uh, you know, in the front runner for most triples this season, which is kind of strange. 12 RBI in 12 games. This guy can hit. Wonderful to see. Noah Jones was mic'd up. Nolan Jones was mic'd up. That was pretty cool uh, to see him answer a question that his brother, you know, had tweeted in, who's your favorite sibling? Uh, he was asked, who's your favorite, you know, Philadelphia athlete? And I, we were, I think everyone was surprised to hear him say Bryce Harper. 
seeing as though he, Bryce Harper's only been around for a couple of years in Philadelphia. Maybe you, you thought he'd go old school Mike Schmidt. I actually thought Ryan Howard would have been the guy, a left-handed power hitter like him. You know, he played first base and, you know, throws throws left-handed, but uh, power hitting Ryan Howard from, you know, the late 2000s Phillies that were really good. Uh, but no, that was, a, that was a bit of a surprise. I know that Nolan Jones does like David Ortiz. That's kind of a, a guy that, that he liked a lot as, as a kid. I was thinking we we probably should do like a top five list at some point in the offseason of guys you'd like to see mic'd up on the Rockies. We've seen Charlie Blackman mic'd up before at the All-Star game. Brent Suter was mic'd up for a little while uh, on Sunday night, and then he had to go warm up, so that uh, didn't go very far. Daniel Bard's a really good conversation. It, w- it would have been cool to see him mic'd up just a little bit. He always has good stories. He's a talker. He's pretty nice. Um Again, th- these these games here for the Rockies are so interesting for so many different reasons still. Obviously, you want to see the young guys have success. You want to see the young guys playing, which they still have been playing. We'll wait and see what happens when Chris Bryant does come back eventually. Will it be in time for this Cubs series? In fact, will it be in time for the final road trip of the season in Chicago? I'll be there at Wrigley. He has yet to play for the Rockies at Wrigley Field yet. Since he signed with the Rockies, he was hurt last year when they came through the uh, the north side of Chicago. We'll kind of see if he uh, if he's healthy in time for the end of next week and finally get to play. Uh, but otherwise, the young guys are playing. Keep an eye on that and keep an eye on the win loss record. The losses are kind of more important right now. They've got about a three and a half game buffer from the Chicago White Sox. Now, the thing you want to keep an eye on is the reverse standings because MLB now, they've got a draft lottery. And so the three worst teams have the best chance of getting the first overall pick and also have a really good chance of getting the second, third, and fourth overall pick, right? It's 16.5% if you are one of the three worst teams. So there's no benefit of just losing 120 games, just like there might not be as much benefit to lose 90 games. So it's all about that lottery. And right now, the Rockies are in one of those bottom three spots. White Sox have a slightly easier schedule than the Rockies, so I don't think the Rockies are going to go on a on a run, win a bunch of games, and kind of blow their 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 shot at having the maximum amount of of lottery percentage of getting that first overall pick. That's kind of a big deal. Rockies have never had the first overall pick, and what comes with that also is all of that bonus pool money. You get money that you can go out and you can give it all to the best player that's available, the best amateur high schooler or college player, or you can go and maybe give it to the fourth or fifth best guy, save a ton of money, and then turn around and use a supplemental pick or your first pick in the second round and give it to a guy that probably is like a top 10, top 15 player. So you get two for the price of one, a lot is implicated with having one of those worst three records. So that is definitely something to keep an eye on here as uh, as we wind down the final three weeks of the season, home this week, on the road next, and then home one more time, and then it's all over just like that. But it's not over on Twitter. Make sure you're following us. Make sure you're, you're like, liking, sharing, subscribing to us on D- the DNVR Sports channel on YouTube. Anywhere you listen to this as a podcast, we appreciate those ratings. They can really go a long way. But follow us on Twitter at DNVR underscore Rockies. At Patrick D. Lyons is where I'm located. Hey, a lot of momentum here that Ryan gave us. We'll see if maybe the Rockies can give us some momentum going into tomorrow's show. But as we say here in the industry, hey, your momentum is only as good as your next show. And it'll be a good one, Susie, at 1 p.m. right here on the DNVR Sports Channel live on YouTube.